I watched the uh, Icarus Line Must Die movie. Mm. It was awesome, man. It was really, I was really impressed with just like the whole, it, the cinematically it was beautiful. Yeah. Um, and I, I want to talk to you a little bit about that. One quote from the movie was, I always think things are going to change. If you don't think that, what's the fucking point of going on living? Yeah. And then you continue to say, all I could do is scrape harder, hustle harder. Um, those are powerful words, and it, it resonates with a lot of, um, you know, with your with your situation and and you, what you're doing. But a lot of creative people that dedicate their their life to art, that um, you know, decided they're not going to do the cubicle nine to five thing, and they're going to really make it happen to the best of their ability. And um, what that means for them in just terms of working hard and busting your ass day after day and like taking everything that's thrown at you. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and continuing to kick ass and, and move forward. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, when you, uh, I, I haven't had like a regular job since like, I don't know, maybe I was like, 19 or 20 something like that what was know? that what was that job i mean i've only had like four jobs the first one i worked at vons mm -hmm. when i was like 17 i dropped out of high school and was like okay i gotta you know or maybe i was still in high school i gotta get a job so i went through the training program for a week <laughs> at Vons. yeah yeah and like ended up bagging groceries for a week yeah. and the le you know maybe less than a week and one day i helped some old lady out with her fucking groceries to her car and she gave me a nickel she tipped me a nickel <laughs> big spender and i like threw it on the ground and yeah. never came back you yeah. know what i mean that was it yeah had enough um and i had already been doing music and stuff for a long time that's why i left school you know because right. i was already touring and like kind of I knew there was nothing left for me there, right. you know, and I couldn't, my family couldn't afford to send me to school anyway, so that wasn't even really an option, you know, so at that point, it was like, you know, I don't know, why Why am I here, you know, I was like flunking, and it was just pointless, and I was getting more done outside of school than I was in. Yeah. So after that, I ended up doing, uh, I was like head of publicity for a record label, for a minute mm -hmm. um doing like press releases and shit like yeah that? like i was handling the i was head of the press department at an indie record label called revelation in huntington mm. beach which was like a kind of like at the time anyways a sort of prestigious hardcore re record label you know like they had put out a bunch of seminal sort of like straight edge and new york hardcore records yeah and my roommate at the time he i forget what he he ran the distribution there or something like that and he put me up for the position and uh i you know they hired me like foolishly they were just like yeah sure we'll hire this 18 year old with me. i probably <laughs> lied and said i had experience you know right. i worked at one label before yeah. that for like three months i worked at this record label mm. and the reason i got the job there it was called fearless it was like a pop punk label and i, I wasn't really into anything they were doing there and they hired me to be graphic design, even though I had no experience <laughs> at it. You know, you just bullshit the resume and just, the interview. Yeah, I was like, oh yeah, I know Photoshop or mm. whatever. And then like spent half the day at the label trying to figure it out. <laughs> and like 
before I left, I did end up making good over there, though. I signed that band at the drive-in to their label. No shit. Okay. Yeah, you yeah. know, it was like at the drive-in's first record deal. And yeah. They had no idea who that band was, but I was like, just sign these guys. Like, trust you me. You could tell that they had something. For sure, yeah. for sure. And, like, sign that band. And, like, I think a week later, I quit and joined Revelation mm. and started working there. And uh, after that, I worked at a record store part-time and worked in art galleries, like doing walls and stuff. But beyond that, I didn't really have a job. Um, I made, you know, art my job full-time. Mm-hmm. At a young age. that You're like 20-ish at that time? Yeah. Ish? Yeah. That's young. That's super young. Yeah, it's pretty... I guess it is, you know? Yeah. I guess it's pretty young to, to do that. Um, you know... I guess that's like when most people would like be going to college or something like that. Right. I was kind of, you know, educating myself in how to like sustain in the outside world doing art, you know, and, uh, you made your own path. Kind of, you, you know? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I did. But you know, it, it dawned on me re- really early what I wanted to do. So I already knew I wanted to, I already knew what I was going to pretty much dedicate my time to many years before that even. You know, so it was already kind of like a inevitable situation that I found myself in. And, you know, I guess the quote from the movie really just kind of, uh, it relates back to the fact that there's no one that's going to tell you how it works or to get up and get out of bed and give you a structure to right. follow when you do this kind of thing. So there's no boss saying you have to be there at nine, you better show up on time, otherwise mm. we're going to, you know, you get in trouble or something. Like, you have to be the one that's really kind of motivating yourself and pushing yourself. Yeah, yeah, I think, and I think, you know, the motivation part is, like, a little bit easier than the actual structure. Yeah. You know, like, motivation is one thing. You know, when you're passionate about something, which most people who are into some sort of arts or something, you have that motivation. But the structure and connecting the dots and seeing how uh, you're going to take anything from point A to point B, that's that's really the, like, no man's land. And that really kind of, like, determines, like, successes and failures and survival, you know. And um, I think that's the hardest part. And, you know... uh, Early on, I kind of figured out routines and coping mechanisms that would, like, help me push forward um, and kind of let myself see progress on a daily basis so that I didn't get discouraged, you know? Can I ask you, like, what what would be a routine? Like, do you do anything, like, meditation, like, that kind of stuff? Or, like, what? Well, these days, um, you know, at least for the last, like, 10 years... I've made sure that I'm awake at nine, even if I'm not like out of bed. And I know yeah. that's not that early of an hour, but for but, for me yeah. it is, you know, and like making sure I'm out of bed. I probably like drink the same thing every morning, eat the same thing every morning for at least six months or something like that. Mm. I do a lot of things the same every day so that I'm never really thinking about that, you know, uh, I'll check the same website, I'll check, you know, and I have this sort of autopilot routine that kind of... Gives you the structure that you need to... Yeah, yeah. To make it work. Yeah, exactly. So that it sets up, 
the rest of the day for me. You know, all the you always see these people talking about routines and these things that like this is the best routine to yeah. like get your shit together or yeah, whatever. Yeah. And for me, it doesn't really matter what that routine is as long as there is a routine that works for you. It could be different for everyone. Exactly, as yeah. long as it kind of like for me, when you're like not part of a company and a system anything that kind of like gives structure will help you know will help your brain go in the right direction yeah, you know yeah. and that's really like because it's chaos otherwise you know everything else is chaos because you're pulling these disparate pieces together to try to like create a living or create a situation where you're able to function yeah you know and that's so fucking chaotic and ch- changes you have no control over that right you know so having some sense of control and normalcy within that chaos for me helps what time do you generally like roll into the studio you get to the studio and can you write during those hours like if you say i'm going to be in the studio from like 11 to 5 or whatever yeah. is it is it difficult to be creative if you know that you kind of put it in, in like a time frame or like you know what i'm saying yeah uh yeah, it's difficult sometimes, you know, because I kind of do this in some sort of nine to five way at this yeah. point. It doesn't go from nine to five, but I'll get here at two o'clock and work till 10 o'clock or whatever. And yeah, it's not always when inspiration strikes. But for me, the way that I the way that I operate these days is I'm always collecting uh, signals of inspiration or whatever you want to call it. So yeah. whenever something kind of hits or I'm driving in the car, I'm making notes or I'm recording something. And that way I have this sort of catalog of ideas that are just seeds. They're not much more than maybe me humming a melody or a couple lines or something, but I have all these starters Yeah. so that when I get in and I have something that I need to work on, a song, a film, whatever, there's this catalog. Jump jump off point. Yeah. 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 So I always have that kind of to save me. Do you use like a iPhone? Like I'll use my iPhone. If I have a story idea or a melody or something, I'll just hum it into the iPhone. Yeah. It's great for that. Yeah. I I dig it. You know, It's, it's not about fidelity. It's just about being able to have some fucking outline of an idea yeah that you can be like oh you know and sometimes you listen to it and you're like i have no idea what the fuck i was thinking and it's gone <laughs> you know what right. i mean but you know half the time it works yeah yeah you know um ever like in the middle of the night wake up from like a dream or something with mm, an idea i don't dream that much no and when i do it's not good so <laughs> okay. yeah never i've heard of people who like do that kind of shit yeah. but all my dreams are like these horrific scenarios that i want to forget right okay. away you know it's like hiding so a body wanna... or something crazy you know <laughs> so it's just like oh fuck do you ever have a reoccurring dream uh i've had a this like hide a body dream a yeah. few times which i think is kind of a common one you think it's symbolic for something i'm sure yeah. you know i don't read into that read shit into too it. much but yeah i mean it's usually like me and my brother and they're you know i there's one i remember that's like super vivid and still to this day we're like we were leaving some restaurant me and my brother and my mom and we like get in an uber or something and i don't know why but there's someone else in the car and he starts mouthing off to my mom and getting really abusive and i think me and my brother just like kill the dude in the car Mm. and take him back to the house and are like 
you know, stuck in the garage trying to like figure out what we're going to do to ditch this body. Yeah. And then the cops show up, and that's when I always wake up, is like when we're getting raided. That's crazy. Like yeah. an episode of NCIS or something. Some shit like that, yeah. <laughs> My aunt had this idea that if you have a reoccurring dream that's a bad dream, if you draw a picture of it and rip it up, you won't have it again. Yeah, I like it. And, uh, I like it. Maybe work for me once. I'll make a film of it and then delete, delete it. Delete <laughs> it. Um, so, the Icarus line must die. How did how did you how did that come about? That project you worked with uh, Michael Gro- is it Grodner? Am yeah. I pronouncing that right? Yeah. Uh, how did you hook up with him and how that be- come to fruition? The, um, the film. I mean, I know Michael through. He did this, or he does, I think he still does it. He does this thing called Dirty Laundry where he interviews bands. It's yeah. like a video segment mm-hmm. where he interviews bands at a laundry mat. Laundry mat, yep. Yeah, so I think at one point he asked me to do it. We did it. And then we were trying to figure out something else to do together because we had a good time. And, you know, I think he's followed what I've done with music for a minute. And uh, we did a, like, house visit at the studio and like he came and filmed and I like showed the studio off and talked about what the fuck happens here and yeah, yeah. And after that we kind of just kept in touch, you know, always kind of just talking about different ideas and stuff and life and whatever, nothing really formal, you know, and I would just tell him what was going on in my life and you know, it's I guess it seemed I don't know, it struck him or something and he was like, "Would you want to do a movie?" you know, and I was like I don't know why you would want to do a movie about my life, dude. You know, mm-hmm. like there seems to be shit that's way more interesting than this. And you know, the first couple times he asked, I just kind of like brushed it off and then finally so you weren't into the idea initially. Not so much yeah. cuz it just didn't seem like I don't know why would anyone care? You know what I mean? Like I don't know why anyone would care. So, you know, I was just kind of dismissive about it and at a certain point he was like let's just give it a shot. And he kind of like sold it to me the right way or I don't know. And, uh, I was like, okay, let's, let's do it. You know? And he told me his idea, which was to do this sort of semi scripted adaptation of my current life and like the year leading up to that point in my life. Right. So, you know, the fact, the chance to like write something, was exciting to me, yeah. you know, and... Have you ever done anything like that? A script or... No, no never. That was the first time? Never. I'd never even acted in anything, yeah. really. Really? Because you know? I was going to ask you that. Because yeah. it seemed very natural to you. Never. Never yeah. have acted. Never yeah. really... You know, I've been around film a lot in my yeah. life because my dad was like a child actor in the 60s and kind oh, of... Oh, was he? Yeah, you know, so he was like successful at that and he was somewhat of a filmmaker and a producer in his own right uh to varying degrees of success kind of struggled with that a lot over his life you know so i think the fact that i saw him struggle so much in that yeah kind of put me off to it you know because i was kind of like okay that's his thing i'm doing music whatever you know but uh never really had an interest in it either it wasn't it wasn't that i didn't have an interest it just I don't know, growing up here in LA and seeing kind of how, seeing firsthand kind of the darker side of like the film industry and how my dad was kind of, uh, he was kind of a casualty of all that, you know. uh, Was he in a show that was Yeah, I mean, he was in, I mean, he he was, he was like famous in the 60s, you know, so it's not shows that anybody like listening to this right now would even know except for maybe like Gunsmoke or Bonanza or some shit like that. Yeah, yeah. You know, but that's like, 
<clears throat> you know, that's ages ago at this point. You know, right. he had a show that he was the star of in the 60s, and he was the main star and all this shit. Wow. But, you know, uh, it's not stuff that anybody knows about these days, you okay. know. And he was in one of the Planet of the Apes movies, and the final role that he was cast in was the character in Apocalypse Now, the dude with the mustache on the gunboat. Yeah. You know, he got that role right as my mom got pregnant with me. Wow. And his choice was to go to the Philippines for two and a half years Damn, yeah. or see his son be born. Wow. And he chose not to go. And he stayed here. And, you know, that yeah. was it. He never acted again. Wow. You know, but he also, you know, he also says that, you know, it was like the right decision. I mean, what are you going to say to your son? I fucked up. But, yeah. you know, I, I believe him. Yeah, you know, yeah. he's he's like a great father, you know. Yeah. So uh, and he's a great man. And I understand why he did what he did. Yeah, yeah. You know, but having, you know, knowing that story yeah. and what a struggle it was for him to kind of like reintroduce himself to the film world and kind of like being on the periphery of it his entire life. So you saw that and you were like, this is, I don't want to go through that same it, thing that he went through. Yeah, it. You know, I always just saw all these gatekeepers and all that. You know, it really, yeah. it really seemed like this sort of insurmountable thing. And like you had, you know, he really had a sort of, I wouldn't say mainstream idea of what success is, but you know, that was kind of, you know, he always kind of compared success to guys like Spielberg and shit like that. Mm. You know what I mean? So some of that was probably projected onto me at an early age and it just seemed like whoa i don't you know i don't want to deal with that you know did he watch the icarus line i'm sure yeah he did yeah he came to the like first screening and what what was his uh what he he said to you he thought it was great yeah yeah he thought it was really cool i was like waiting for the review you know and he thought it was cool so you know uh yeah i the thing is is i've always been like i've always studied film and loved it it just didn't seem like something that I was supposed to do because I was so entrenched in music and that was already this full-time struggle, you know? And, um, you know, up until very recently, I always had a band to keep together. So there was these five, four or five dependents attached to me at all times. And that was like this other full-time job, Yeah, you know? So entertaining, uh, creative collaborations and endeavors outside of the band was already too much for me. Yeah. When that ended, it kind of, uh, right around when we made the movie, I kind of, me being more of an individual at this point, made room, at least in my head, to be able to branch out and try other things. And whose idea was to shoot it in, in black and white? I don't think it was planned to. It wasn't planned. No, to do it that. was just shot on five Ds. You know, yeah. so it was shot just like. However, the I think the fact that I think part of it was it looked cool, um, and Michael, you know, you I think you can see through the film. You know, he loves the like no wave films mm-hmm. of the early eighties, drama, all that shit. You know, so I think he was already kind of uh, thinking about going there, but the fact that it was shot for such a low budget yeah. on different cameras and different people and different lenses that doing color between all these different like scenarios would have been an expensive nightmare. So yeah. it almost became like this um, 
economical necessity as well as like a stylistic Artistic choice. Artistic choice. Yeah, I think it's both. It yeah. starts at a cool. I mean, it starts at an interesting point. It's not like, oh, this is how the band started and blah, 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 and this is where it goes. Like, it starts at kind of the the highlight of the kind of tension and transition that you're going through, which is an interesting uh, point. And that was was Michael's idea to start there, or is that your idea? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think he probably... I think between the two of us, it just had to be about what was going on in life right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, there's no way to do a period piece for us. Yeah. You know what I mean? We're, you know, there's like a $10,000 budget movie or something. Yeah. You know? So there's no way to even think outside of the here and now, you know? So it's almost like, how do we make a documentary that's a dramatic feature film? You know? Yeah, so yeah. it's, you know, the actual content is like driven by the necessity of what what's available you know and um was your creative like were you just there to to act or did you were you also directing or did well, you have a like, he's a, the director yeah yeah you know uh but you know i'm credited as a writer you know yeah. i i wrote the film with him can i ask you about that process so yeah, is it sure. like you do a page each or like does he do a page you nah, edit it like how does nothing like that nah. nothing like that because it's very i mean we're writing outlines gotcha you know so we're drawing from my i think we both wrote i think i first wrote just an a skeleton of scenarios that were like points of interest to me right and he had a point a to b that made sense to him an arc and between those two over the course of shooting we kind of married them together but we were still writing scenes the day before we shot them i mean mm. we were writing the fucking thing as we were doing it was it verbatim like dialogue or was no. it just the, it was an improv it was mostly improv wow i mean there was uh there were lines that were embedded in the scenes to keep the narrative flowing certain things you had to say to push the story for sure and mostly i was the only one that had lines like that you know so it's weird because even though i'm acting in the film a lot of what i'm doing or at least this is how i perceive it is that i was either guiding conversations towards where they need to go or making room for people to kind of uh illuminate their character right. and that was kind of that's what i saw because you know it was a trip i'm like ah oh, fuck man i don't know how to act i don't know how to do any of this thing so yeah. you know uh i i kind of like sunk into this sort of neutral role where i created a, a character that's like some facet of myself that is almost like a you know uh like a neutral protagonist you know like i'm just I'm I'm almost like witnessing my own life happening to me and that's yeah, kind of yeah. how I play it I think a little bit in the film yeah. you know and when doing scenes with people I was really I felt like I was just the guardrails a lot of the time to kind of keep the thing going and you know writing the film a lot of the time is like it's weird man I'm writing the film in the moment through other people through what they what their, their reactions yeah, to yeah. what i 
I feed them. And there's no like talking before. Like I know Annie Hardy's in it and Alvin de Guzman. Yeah. 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 Did you say like, Hey, before you did a scene, like, Hey, I'm going to say this or sometimes, sometimes, yeah. Sometimes it depended, you know, some of them, we didn't need anything out of it. It was just like, Hey, I'm going to go here and talk to this guy and like, let's see what happens. But you know, sometimes, yeah, there was like a little bit of a bullet point, like, all right, Ben, you know, there's this, uh, scene in a bar with Ben, my old drummer, and it's mm-hmm. like, you know, you need to tell him that he's you got some work through some friends for him, and just tell him, just try to convince him to take this job. Yeah. Just, that you know, you got these kids that are got money, and da da da, and he just riffed off from there, and we go off, and that's it, you know, and that's basically how we did this film. That's that's really cool. Yeah, um, it was wild. And how much? I know partially scripted, obviously partially fiction, but yeah. w- like how much would you say is scripted is fiction? Yeah. Oh, uh, like how much is true? God, I don't know. That's hard I mean, to it's say. Hard to know? quantify, but yeah. I'm just trying to, cause I mean, it's obviously based in reality. The only part that, that's real is that I got shot at the end. That's the real part. Yeah. <laughs> that's the only part that's well, real. I'm no, I'm um, more excited to talk to you now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, It's hard to say because yeah. it's just not, it's all real and it's all not, you know, it's like, it's like weird to say that, but you know, these conversations. So like a lot of these conversations that I'm having with these people are yeah. conversations we, we've already previously had. Gotcha. Just so, through your interactions with them over the years. Yeah. So we're reenacting maybe a normal conversation we, we have mm-hmm. or a conversation we've had, but within those parameters, it's odd how people would what in what direction people would take things you know what i mean they would like uh you know my ex and me are talking about money or something in a cafe and the way she took it was in a direction that was realistic but my reaction maybe wasn't you know what i mean was that your real ex-girlfriend yeah that's okay, my ex-wife actually. oh ex-wife yeah, yeah, okay yeah. i didn't know that i yeah. didn't know that so that was yeah that was and even the black caddy which i saw as mine. i rolled up yeah <laughs> everybody's like, playing themselves yeah yeah virtually you know there's yeah. a few people here and there that are like filling roles that needed to be done but mm-hmm. i almost cast like everybody real from my life like we tried a couple people to play my wife you just know wasn't the same yeah it just you know it those- wasn't it Sorry. wasn't gonna. Ha- there wasn't gonna be a dynamic that was compelling. You know, it was like this isn't gonna work. And trust me, the last thing I wanted to do was like get on screen with my significant other and like throw our dirty laundry in the street. You know? Well, that's what I wanted to ask you because I mean that being as which that was your uh, real ex-wife. Like that, yeah. the tension there must have been. Was it? Was there a tension or nervousness or awkwardness to have conversations that you maybe were? I'm assuming did actually have in person behind closed doors in front of a camera for sort of everyone to see yeah and reenact that yeah i mean for sure because you know i you know uh anything that touched on reality between me or and her or me and anybody close to me automatically feels like this crazy invasion of privacy yeah you know and uh even while doing it i was having you know having a rough time with it and i didn't really get I didn't really break through until maybe midpoint through shooting the thing until I had seen some of the scenes and kind of realized that, you know, 
I had experienced a couple scenes with other people, and these were scenarios that happened in their life yeah. as well. And then I kind of understood that, you know, we were having conversations that everyone's having. And then all of a sudden, the movie started to actually make sense for me. At that point, when... Once I yeah. knew that this was uh, more universal than sort of like, you know, microscopic my world. Yeah. As soon as I knew that this, like, okay, other people this is like no different than anyone's life, you know, or there's lots of people who can relate to these scenarios. I was able to take it <clears throat> a little less personally and, you know, uh, maybe even be a little more open about what, you know, what day to day is like. Yeah. Cause it's very revealing. I mean, you're showing, you're making yourself vulnerable in the movie, showing intimate parts of your life, which, uh, for sure, which makes it, very interesting to watch, but I'm sure as being the person that's acting, you know, you, you are opening yourself up for, um, for viewers to see an, in, a, a glimpse of. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. you know, it's like, and trying to avoid it being reality television. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cause yeah. that's not something that we were trying to do. You know, Definitely. we're trying to make something that has like some artistic, you know, value to it somewhat, you know what I mean? So yeah, it's a it's a weird it's a weird sort of uh, tightrope that you're walking with that with that kind of material. I mean, it's a bizarre film mm. in that way, you know. Death death threats, real? Yeah, seriously. Yeah, I thought that that was something you added to no, add attention to. That's it. real. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah, so that's real. That's real. Uh, it didn't exactly happen the way it happens in the film. But yeah, it, I knew who was giving me the death threats, but it was real and it was, yeah, that was real. That's sure. fucking crazy. Yeah, for sure. Um, damn, I didn't expect you to say that those were real. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was. I had to go to the cops, all this shit. Shit. It, yeah. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Um, and the conversations with the band, because it, it seems to always be like you bring the a record to a label and they're like wow this is artistically fucking amazing yeah but then the commercial aspect of it is what's put under a mic a microscope or whatever oh well, yeah say. yeah and um i mean were those conversations that you had with the band like and those like oh such and such um producer or record person said this and like there was no ever discussion to say oh well let's just do a three minute single and throw it on there and then do all the other cool songs. There was no compromise there. Like, fuck that. We're just going to stay true to yeah. what we do. Yeah. I mean, I've been having that conversation with band members since I was a fucking kid. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, but the thing with me is like, uh, I don't think I really ever had much compromise in me anyways, yeah. because I'm not really like in it in a way that compromise would make sense. You know what I mean? Like since very early on, like an uncompromised trajectory was the thing that drove what I'm doing. So, you know, I don't know. I just never really, I really never saw how, you know, there was, there was never really much room to give in, uh, pandering, yeah. to an audience because that really wasn't what I do anyways. So yeah. that wasn't going to work, right. you know? So although I've heard, you know, I've heard that every day up till today, 
you know, in my life, like, hey, if you can just, you know, let's figure out a way to kind of like package this so that, you know, maybe we can spread it, spread it a little wider, you know, but, uh, you know, I, to me, that's not really what, what it's about anyways. And I think that, I don't know, there's always a way to be successful at what you're doing if you're doing a good job at it and mm-hmm. the team is supporting it. it uh, it's not about pandering. I mean, art just can't be about that. You know, it's like, of course, there's tons of shit out there that's successful that's really, you know, ham-fisted and they, like, carve out, you know, pop gems for people and stuff like that. Yeah. But, I mean, for someone like me, that's just not really a smart play, I don't think. You know, even just looking from an outside perspective, to me, it's just like, you know, that would only just kind of devalue the entire situation. So you really have to uh, hone what you're doing and try to make that better so that, you know, you got the sharpest spear that you can have instead Mm -hmm. of trying to be something else because being something else just doesn't really seem to be right yeah yeah and you're true to to what you're doing and i mean i think everyone listening would respect you for being a true artist and being true to yourself but when you're saying like the band and everyone has to be on board were the other band members on board or they were just like ah fuck it let's just do this you know they are till they aren't you know what i mean yeah like i've been fortunate that like you know alvin you know in the movie you know he's since passed away yeah but we we played uh music together since we were in like fourth grade or something like that yeah and that dude never once sweated me about anything yeah you know it was was more about that than just making it and selling records and shit you just didn't he just knew what we were doing was good you know and he's like you know we will sell records and we have you know um there's been moments of triumph and moments of just fucking despair Mm -hmm. you know um but all through that i've I've been really fortunate to have really supportive collaborators when I was doing the band. Like, you know, over the periods, you know, people get burned out, lives change, people got to do something else, whatever, you know, that happens. But for the most part, the people who have played music with me have done it because they really respect and love what I'm trying to do. And they've wholeheartedly dedicated their time and, almost to the point where I've felt uh, in debt to these people for, for believing in what it is and like always kind of uh, left such an impression on me that I'm always trying to like figure out how to make them feel more involved. Yeah. You know, um, not because I'm trying to uh, assimilate anyone or anything like that, but because I want them to feel the, you know, feel the benefits of like what a sort of, pure expression can do for oneself sure you know how is the writing process there like would you jam i mean i'm sure it changed from song to song but like it changed from kind of era to era really you know um because i feel like if someone brings in a riff and they really like it and then you're like oh that's cool and then they feel like they made an investment in the song you know what i mean and maybe like more passionate about it yeah that was a rare occurrence i'll say you know uh not just because no matter it's a weird thing when i first started the group i would demo out the entire song even with like drum beats Mm -hmm. and then assign everyone their parts you know what i mean and i did this for years you know Mm -hmm. and i would play a lot of it now there was a few people in the band like alvin and lance 
who I could trust as like-minded collaborators. So if I sort of set the stage, I knew that they would bring something up underneath it that would complement what's going on. Yeah. You know, that was not always the case and not everybody had that freedom. It right. really depended on who you are. Gotcha. You know, not everybody is equal that way, but everyone definitely is equal in the fact that they serve a purpose. They're there for a fucking reason, you mm-hmm. know? But um, as far as writing, I've always been very controlling about it just because I know what I want it to do. Um, And then there's varying degrees of like actual creative collaboration in there, depending on what the person's strengths were. Yeah. You know what I mean? As time went on in the last few records, I figured out ways of not only casting the band better with people that I you know, really trusted to make cool artistic decisions and react well to Mm -hmm. what I was doing without me having to talk about what I wanted or anything like that. Mm -hmm. I just knew that, okay, cool. You know, they, we all have similar reference points come from similar places. I mean, you know, it's crazy, but the group almost always consisted of people that came from similar backgrounds, Mm -hmm. you know, even though it wasn't like a bunch of white dudes, you know, like the band, I don't think ever was a bunch of white dudes, Mm -hmm. you know? So it would be, you know, racially all over the place, people from all sorts of backgrounds, but economically, usually from like a similar background and a Mm -hmm. lot of people that grew up here in Los Angeles, not really a lot of people that were from out of Los Angeles, you know, sans a couple. Um, But as the group went on, um, I figured out how to create a sort of environment where everyone could develop parts organically that completely fit into what I was trying to achieve. And I sort of wedged myself into a band director role Mm -hmm. at a certain point. And I'm directing a fantastic, uh, rock and roll noise avant-garde band or whatever you want to call it, you know, and Mm -hmm. that like, uh, my physical movements are actually determining the lengths of parts and we're recording things, you know, the last few records, we record them live and they can tell by what I say and what I do, where we're supposed to go. So you're like a conductor? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. 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 It became that sort of thing to Mm -hmm. whereas, you know, uh, you know, it, it, I, I was more interested in, in it being like Coltrane's band or like Sunra or something like yeah. that than like a fucking, you know, a rock band, yeah. you know, at least operationally. Yeah, yeah. You know. Was that more liberating to do it that way? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. that's that's what I always wanted. Yeah. You know, but when you're young and you're playing with youngsters. Yeah. It's not like, you know, I didn't have the language. I didn't have the leadership or like whatever the experience to be able to make that happen. And it would happen in moments, but they were still like these setup moments, you know, where it's like, okay, and then this is the part we can really like let loose. And by the end, the entire project kind of became that. And uh, that's really why I ended the band, because once we kind of reached that spot, I was done. I was like, this is great. You kind of hit the pinnacle for and sure, yeah, for sure. you wanted to. That was it. That was, you achieved what you wanted to achieve. Yeah, the yeah, yeah we had like, uh, you know, with with art, at least for me, I'm always kind of like explaining the same story from different vantage points. Yeah, or kind of reinterpreting and trying to 
maybe distill it better. You mean lyrically? The entire fucking thing. The entire song. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The song, the film, the drawing, yeah. the whatever. They all tie back to like this voice that I've been using since I knew that you could do that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And every sort of evolution has been like another distillation of that from a different angle, a different time of day, whatever. You know, it's hard to like really describe that. But, um, you know, by the end of that project, it was like, this is all I can do with a band right now. Yeah. Like I can't do much more with a band right now. I didn't want to, you mentioned it. I didn't want to, I want people to watch the movie. You could rent it <clears> on YouTube. That's how I watched it. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but you had mentioned it, so I think it's all right to say, but you get shot at the end of the yeah. film and, yeah. um, it symbolically the end of the band. Pretty much. I mean, yeah. Um, and there was a, a metamorphosis that you kind of went through into your new project, which yeah. sounds totally different in my opinion yeah uh, in a different direction there was another quote from the movie uh when you see people that are a shell of their former self um you kind of wondered if that was you and you were getting worn down i mean was that with the the routine of the band you just needed a creative change of direction yeah or you know is that does that make sense i'm not sure if that question is worded properly yeah yeah um I think the deal with with that line, I mean, obviously it, that's all just like happening in the moment, right? Yeah. Because uh, that that's interesting too. Because when I'm reading these lines, I'm thinking that you actually sat down at like final draft or something and wrote them out. So this was something that just popped into your head through improv and yeah, it came about that way. Yeah, yeah. So you know, this is just something that I'm thinking at the time, and that's why it's on the movie. Um, you know, I, you know, looking back on that, to me, it's really about kind of just like seeing people that you've known for a while and like, you know, you can't see yourself, you yeah. know, it's hard to, it's hard to see yourself, you know? So when you, when I see someone, I wonder, you know, is, am I the same? You know what I mean? Like, you know, you almost... you almost feel like some people that I'm close to have had rough times and you know, you feel like the tragedy in them for like just a moment or something, you know, you feel this tragedy in someone you care about and you wonder, you know, is that how someone feels about me or something, you know? And it's, it's, it's really just kind of like a rhetorical ponderance or some bullshit. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Um, it was cool that Alvin was able to, to, to do the movie because that was for sure right before he passed right yeah it yeah. Was, yeah you know he like had another year after that mm. you know uh when we shot the film i mean the film took almost a year to you know complete i think um at the beginning of the film he was you know in a wheelchair because he had just like you know uh, lost the use of his legs and mm. it was really early on in his illness and then by the end of the film, he had already kind of like fought back and got his legs back and was yeah. walking and was kind of like uh, doing better. Um, so it was cool to be able to just, I mean, he had been in, involved in everything I've ever done. Yeah. You know, as far as like records and tours and all that shit, almost yeah, yeah, everything yeah. I've ever done, we had done together, you know? So this that had been a hard thing when, when, he, when him? he passed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's my brother. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, not even you know best friend is like doesn't really work you know what i mean Mm because it's like that's family shit you know what i mean we were kids together you know it's like the kind of shit where like you don't even have to talk and shit you know it's that kind of thing so 
you know, losing someone like that was another reason why there's no sort of going back to the Icarus line or any of that sort of stuff. You know, uh, I feel like I probably even held on to that band longer than I would have maybe without him because he loved doing it so much. You yeah, know what I mean? that and kept was, him going. And, yeah, it was yeah. a part of his yeah, life, yeah. you know, and it was, you know, he really, he was almost like this sort of, uh, he was like a, uh, you know, like a samurai priest, you know, the guy, you know, he was just, that was what he did yeah. was like that. He dedicated his existence to that, you know? So seeing how much that meant to him, anytime I doubted whether I should continue doing it or anything yeah. like that, you know, seeing that it, it meant so much to him, it was like, cool, well, I'm going to keep on doing this because, you know, fam wants to do it, you know? And, um, Annie's in the movie as well, and uh, working yeah. with her was was cool. Doing scenes, I, you guys have great chemistry and yeah. known each other for a long time. She did the Rules album here. Yeah, yeah is that right? Yeah, we did that record here. And is that what you're referencing in the film, or is that? Yeah, yeah. we we had just started to work on it in the, yeah. like around that. I think we we're. Yeah, by the end of the film, we're done with that record. You know, so I'm working on that record in between making the film. Mm. So and yeah, in the in the film, that's the the project that you want to do. Yeah, totally. Compared to other projects that are, yeah, shitty. like one off, pay jobs yeah. for stuff that maybe I'm not like uh you know uh, emotionally attached to or something like that. You know, and so this is a, a time now. How are you feeling at that time? So the band, you, you've had the realization, like, the band is, is done. I'm not doing that anymore. Yeah. What's going through your mind at that time? Is that a, is it a happy time? Is that a depressing time? Like, like um, I guess the band, I'm, I'm trying to think if the band had, like, I guess the band had, like, officially split by the time we're making that film. Yeah. You know, almost. Almost. You know, uh, it wasn't at least in my mind. I don't think yeah. we had like sorted it out amongst ourselves, but once I kind of came to that conclusion, you know, that I was like, okay, I'm not doing this anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, we were doing, a, I remember what it was. We were doing this tour. All Things Under Heaven had come out. That's the record that we're kind of talking about in the, yeah. in the film, you yeah. know, and it had come out and it was released through Sony and we're supposed to go on tour with Scott Weiland which already was like a bizarre prospect for us. You know, it's like, uh, I don't know. That doesn't sound like what we're supposed to do. Yeah. But here's the thing is like, everything else is so uncompromising about this sort of project at this point that like, okay, cool. Like Sony's dumping money into this thing and they did it. Okay, we'll go. You know what I mean? We'll go on this tour. And Alvin's not able to tour anymore. Mm. You know, he can't really play. So, or he can play, but he can't tour, you know? Yeah. Um, so we go and play a couple shows and it i have friends filling in and it's not really the band that made the record and it's, it's not the same it's not even close to the same yeah. you know i mean we're pulling something off that could be maybe compelling to the crowd yeah but to but me you know it's that not, it's not the real yeah deal. yeah it's yeah. just not what it's supposed to be and yeah. like that's what i'm in it for right more than anything you know um so a couple shows into it i'm like Eh, let's not do this. I don't want to do this. You was know? that because Scott was like, uh, like really fucked up or I mean, no, that didn't help though. Yeah. And it wasn't because he was fucked up. It was just the culture around 
what it all was you know yeah. what i mean like you know a couple months before we went on that tour there was some like viral video of him like slurring the words to one of his hit songs yeah, or something yeah. and all these people had filmed it right so like even the first show of the tour when that song came on everyone's phones came out to see if they could get it oh shit you so know it was like embarrassing for him at that point because he was so i don't think he even knew I don't even, maybe he did, but he didn't really seem cognizant. It was more the fact of like, this is so fucking morbid to me. You know what I mean? And this is what rock and roll is to a certain extent anyways. You know, it's this sort of genre that's limping along on one leg. Yeah. um, That's like a pastiche. You know, everything about it is becoming this pastiche, you know, like a lot of other genres have done before it. You know, jazz became this blues became this they're all heavily uh sort of relying on tropes from a bygone era you know and i'm seeing this happen and you know uh whereas i felt like what we were doing was pretty forward moving for what we could do in a rock and roll band setting Mm -hmm. you know what they were doing was the exact opposite they're playing like three david bowie songs and it's this sort of thing and whatever i am not knocking what they're doing I don't even fucking care. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. It's like, I'd never go see that band or any fucking band, really. You know, yeah. I don't care about rock and roll bands right now. Yeah. So, and even at that point, I'm like, yeah, I don't know. So seeing him in that state was almost like the ghost of Christmas future in some respects. I'm not Scott Whelan. I'm never going to be like Scott Whelan. Yeah. I don't have hits. I did not sell millions of records. Yeah. But seeing... What and what someone like that could end up as, and he's playing three hundred seaters. Yeah, you know, and he probably sold more records than Nirvana compared to what he was. Yeah, compared to what he was and whatever. You know, life is this; it's up and down. Sure, sure, right. But seeing the way, seeing what the world had reserved for a person like this, yeah, made me look at it and be like, well, then I'm fucked. You know what I mean? Because I don't even feel like you know my impact is not as obvious as this dude's and I'm watching them dig a fucking hole for him every night. So you had this revelation on tour? Yeah. yeah. Like watching these shows, it, it like, uh, like I have to consumed get the fuck me. Yeah. yeah. It really consumed me with like a sense of dread about what I was doing. Damn. Did you, did you guys quit the tour before he died? Yeah. 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 You know, I, you know, I saw what was going on and I called, our my manager and was like hey you know if this thing doesn't like roll to completion i mean this is not exactly what i said yeah but close enough if this thing doesn't roll to completion like what happens we're fucked and he's like yeah you're fucked like so you you mean like the tour money and stuff gets pulled yeah like like we'd get stranded yeah Yeah. we'd be stranded somewhere like you know and as soon as i saw that i was just like not even i wasn't happy anyways so i was like i'm not fucking doing this and uh the first four or five shows were in california and we came back home after each show yeah you know because why not right and the next show was out of state and we were just going to be gone for six weeks after that yeah and the night before that or the day we were supposed to leave for the out-of-state show i forget what it was it was like arizona something i don't know where yeah uh everyone came to the studio to pack up and i pulled ben the member who had been in the band the longest at that point aside and went for a walk and just told him i can't do this without alvin and i can't really do this anyways 
anymore. And he was really disappointed. And, um, you know, everyone was. Everyone was. Because everyone, you know, it was it, this was a band where people weren't getting paid money to be yeah. in the band. You know, everyone just, like, put their heart in. Even these dudes who were, like, just in the group for this tour to try to make it happen were just doing it because they wanted to do it. They wanted to be involved, you know. So everyone was disappointed. And I don't think could probably understand where I was coming from because this has been my whole life up to this point and I'm shutting it down. Yeah. You know, and then from that point on, I did not really have a plan forward. I just cut it down and then kind of went into somewhat of a a quiet panic mode within myself, trying to figure out what, where am I now? So you had the foresight though to to know that that wasn't going in a good direction and end it in a, in it, he like, died. Yeah. Yeah. I got I a mean, call a week he, and a half later did, yeah. from Joey, the drummer of the band. Like I just found Scott in his bunk dead. Jesus Christ. You know? Yeah. So I didn't want to be there for that. Yeah. Um, so the, the initial reaction was everyone was pissed. Is that accurate to say? Kind of. Yeah. yeah. You know, I think, how would they even know? You know what I mean? Like, oh no, no, I mean know? like when you broke the news to the band that you didn't want to yeah. do the tour. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's what I'm saying. They yeah. wouldn't even really know what I was dealing with. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like emotionally or whatever. Yeah, you know. Yeah, they, yeah. So yeah, they were pissed, and you know, someone had like quit a job. You know, I mean, right. it was like fucked up, kind of. I understand why they would have been mad, but it sounds like it well, was, you definitely ultimately made the right call. I made yeah. the right call. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean for everyone. It's you know. It's just what was supposed to happen. So then you have this time to kind of decompress and figure out what's going to be next. And it's a little nerve wracking and it's a little scary. Yeah. And yeah, like what's going through your head at that point? Because uh, now the, you know, the, the band is yeah. like on hiatus or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. I mean, we didn't like, announce anything yeah, yeah. or tell anyone like, right. oh, the band, like, I figured no one cares anyway. So like whatever you know yeah um and then i i start uh i basically you know the first thing i did was it's weird like i started thinking okay well i'll try to do a new band you know well you had also the the foresight to say that like rock is becoming a trope of itself For so sure. you knew that rock wasn't the direction although you never played like you know yeah, that yeah. type of rock the uh, format, the, yeah. you know, the sort of... Guitar just, and bass and drum it, and singer it, flailing around. Yeah. Like, that thing was, like, kind of old old news at this... Or old news at this point. Yeah, Not kind yeah. Of, yeah. For sure, for sure. I tried to put a new group together for a second. You know, I had, I had done a bunch of sessions with, like... I've been in L.A. my whole life, so yeah. I know a lot of players here, a lot of people in bands, and I actually took the moment to, like pull a bunch of like my favorite local players who had been in like successful bands and da 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 and you know well respected for what they do yeah and bring it together and i tried to work on some new music with these with these guys guys i respected and liked and whatever and we did maybe a day or two here i brought everyone over and we played and we yeah. played some songs that i wrote and uh I realized that it was just like a lesser version of what I had already well, done to an extent. And that's kind of when I hit crisis is when it was like, this shit is not going to work anymore. Like th I can't do it like this anymore. So what was the idea for Holy War? 
because Holy War to me is very hip hop influenced. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's a lot of drum machines, like synth. Uh, sounds like you have some samples, and it's just a spoken word. There's no clear like verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge. Yeah. Kind of. Um, how, are you into? I'm assuming you're into hip hop. I mean, how much did yeah. hip hop influence Holy War? Or the idea. Where'd you get the idea for Holy War? I mean, hip hop. You know, and rap and like black music or whatever you want to call it, like has always been an influence on me. Like very early on, like as even before the Icarus line, like Cool Keith was yeah. one of my favorite lyricists. Yeah, yeah. When I was a kid, and even in like early interviews with the Icarus line and shit, I would always cite him as a major influence. influence. And I think people thought I was joking or something. Yeah, you know, or they thought I was joking when I would talk about RZA. You know, everyone. Yeah think it's like some kind of like ironic thing or something but like these were the dudes that influenced me right you know the way they talked about life sounded more like the life that i remember or i came from than like you know rock and roll this shit rock a lot of rock and roll stuff i didn't really relate to you yeah. know especially modern stuff um so yeah at this point in my life and even much before the only contemporary music that seemed to be sort of still pushing a genre forward was like hip hop and R&B. Just, yeah. you know, it seemed like the only genre that uh, was still kind of like growing forward. Maybe, you know, hip hop is where rock and roll was in the early 90s or something like that yeah. or the mid 90s. You know, it might be even like near its death knoll, but it's still there's still something happening there. Yeah. Like Kendrick know? Lamar and these people that are coming out, they're making amazing music. For yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. Everyone from Kendrick to fucking a dude like Young Thug, where yeah. it's like less obvious maybe to some people, but like what he's doing vocally, it's like no one's ever done it. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I don't care if auto-tune's on it or not. I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck about the tools. And I don't, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, dude, I've never heard that before. Right. It's that's innovative. cool. Yeah. yeah. And that's all I need. Yeah. You know? And uh, the thing is, is like, I'm a rock and roll kid. I'm not a hip hop kid. But what I fell in love with and what drew me to rock and roll is the fact that like groups like the Stones, the Beatles, Pretty Things, whatever, uh, Aerosmith, especially Aerosmith, Guns N' Roses. These groups were always influenced by their contemporary black musicians. Right. And it was this sort of dialogue between black music and white music that sort of really worked. Like blues-based. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, or like R&B or whatever, but it was like yeah. this sort of dialogue, and like some people would just call it appropriation or whatever the fuck, but fuck that. Yeah. That's what rock and roll is. It's right. this sort of like thing that actually uh you know brought people together you know and that to me was always cool and that always spoke to me and i didn't understand why that doesn't happen now you know and that's all really holy war ever was to me was like you know i wanted to be able to continue that in what i'm doing you know and that's really what the project started as was like okay, how am I going to do this in a way that, like, still makes sense within, like, the identity that I've carved out for myself in life? How did you start fucking around with song ideas? Like, was it just, like, a drum machine kind of going, and then you're laying down some synth? Yeah, I had been making beats for years, yeah. you know, like, at my house, smoking yeah. cigarettes in the garage and, like, banging fucking on an NPC. Yeah, yeah. Shit that, like, was 
not for anyone because I don't like play video games. I don't have like hobbies. I like right. to go fishing, but I, you know, it's expensive the way I want to go fishing. So I can't always do that, <laughs> right. you know? So like, I can't go on an overnight trip for like, you know, 300 bucks every weekend. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? So like, yeah, I do beats, you know? And, uh, for a long time I would like have rappers come in and like rap on the beats and I've never even released any of this shit, but like just kind of like, oh, that's cool to hear someone like vocalize on beats I do. Do you like that aspect of it, like creating beats and then having someone rap on top of it? Or do you, is that not as fulfilling? I just never saw myself on it. You know what I mean? I was always like, "Eh, you know, yeah, no, I'm not taking that seriously. You know, uh, was Did a, you ever try to rap yourself? Like, is that something that you... I don't even not, know yeah. if I can... You know what I mean? Like, yeah. could you call it rap if I did it? You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, it is what it is. Yeah. You know what I, I mean? Well, I mean, I'm not trying to put it in a box or anything. I'm yeah, just, yeah. you know, trying to understand it, that's all. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Because, like, the way I flow on some of the Icarus Line songs... I don't know what you would call it. You know what I mean? It's you know. I would say like spoken poetry. It sounds like a poem. Yeah. That you're that you're reciting. And that's almost. what rap is sometimes. Yeah. You yeah, know. Yeah. So like to me, it's you know, I'm not in that genre. Yeah. And I'm never gonna be because yeah. I'm a white dude who plays rock and roll. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I'm never gonna be a rapper. Yeah. That's just the way it is, right? But is that but. But do you want? It doesn't sound like you want to be either. You're not doing no. that. You're not doing rock. You're not doing rap. You're doing something different. That's yeah. maybe a, a. I wouldn't even say a hybrid, but somewhere that no one's really yeah. seemed to have gone really before. That's that. That was the hopes with Holy War, and that's why it kind of took a while to do it because yeah. it was like this sort of thing where me and my partner Mike Musmano, he's also been someone that I've worked with for years since Penitentiary. He's been my engineer and co-conspirator, collaborator. He's an instrumentalist, whatever. Right? Yeah. When we started this, he, you know, he's ten years older than me. Helped raise me on music, taught me to be an engineer, whatever. Right? When we started this thing, we had a list of things that like we absolutely couldn't do. You know, it was like, well, we can't do that. You know, because and, of like, what do you mean? Like, you can't do like a hip hop thing. Yeah, or you can't do like, a rock like, thing? well, just certain, just, just certain. We had a checklist of shit that's like, we're not gonna do. That. We can't do that. Yeah, you okay. know what I mean? Like this sort of almost unspoken mental checklist of what we're not gonna do. Okay, and had to wade through the growing pains of de- developing something new for two years. Yeah, and like a lot of lonely hours while you're like fuck is this like a ridiculous joke or are we getting anywhere and like i don't even you know and uh yeah it took like real development this time to kind of like it was like starting a new band you know it was like it's like you're starting a new band so like it's gotta have a new sound and it's gotta but ultimately you're collaborating with mike but ultimately you know you're starting a new band by yourself exactly which is uh like now all the it's all on you to oh well it kind of was before you were creating everything but now it's just like now it's you get to program the band yeah which to me that was the most appealing part you You like that fuck yeah Yeah, yeah. you know what i mean it's like this is the best band i ever jammed with you know what i mean (laughs) like it's like fuck yeah you know like they like doing the shows the holy war shows it's like I'm, this shit's gonna hit right every night you know what i mean 
Uh, is that nerve wracking to you? Uh, you did. Um, you opened for was it Cold Cave the first show that you did when you opened? Sort of. That was the first um, full set I did. Yeah, I forget I, where it was. Uh, Glass House. Glass House, right, right. That was the first like full jaunt. Um, I did one song with prayers. Yeah. Rafa, I had before I even called it Holy War or anything like that. Like I had sang on top of a. Uh, a, one of the themes from Stranger Things, like there was just this like theme from the I show that, that yeah. I liked, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. I, and I so I sang a thing on it and just like put it on the internet, whatever. Mm. And I was just kind of like poking around with ideas, you mm. know. And that was one of them, whatever. And Rafa from Prayers, who's a dear friend, like heard it and he's like, "Dude, will you come do this during our set?" And they were doing this Halloween show at the Mayan Theater downtown. I was like, "Fuck!" And I had already been working on like the Holy War shit. Yeah much further than whatever that stranger things was at that point and i showed up and i didn't do that song i did uh east side no one in whatever form it was at that point yeah and just like no visuals no nothing i just walked on stage in the middle of their set and did the song was and, your heart about to explode i mean i couldn't even like remember the words i was like yeah. standing on the side of the stage being like i don't know what the words are yeah. You know what I mean? Like, had no fucking clue. I was, yeah, I was pretty nervous, man. It was wild. Because it's a total different dynamic as well. Like, in a band, you have the drummer, the guitar player, like, every, like you're cranked up. You can up. hide. Like, yeah. You can hide. But this is just you and a backing track, yeah. I'm assuming. That's it. Um, So it's pretty, you know, bare bones. You're out there. Just it's, I'm the only thing that's not static. Yeah. Everything else is static. Not only is it a backing track, but it's a programmed backing track. So it's like... And you got to be on time because that's unforgiving if you fuck up. And yeah, nothing's moving. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I, and I had never even done this, you know? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it was, it, I didn't even know what it meant. You know what I mean? I had no idea what that meant at that point. And I went out there and I did it and it was like invigorating because it was so fucking scary or whatever. Yeah. And, but it was good enough. You know what I mean? It was good. And uh, actually the label that ended up working with me saw me at that performance and no a deal came out of that first performance. Okay, so it was all serendipitous and how it... Some strange shit. You the know? cosmos like, came together. All yeah, stars aligned. Yeah, no hope, no nothing. I'm doing this project on my own with like... I don't even care if no one hears it. I'm trying to develop something that is interesting to me. That's yeah. it, you know? And yeah, some, yeah. You know, Nick Lane, the producer who like, you know, he's worked with Bad Seeds and all these fucking groups, you know, sees this and is like, I want to sign you to this label I'm starting like that night. That's awesome. You know what I mean? And then, yeah, like a year later or something, the Cold Cave gig pops up, and I'm kind of more ready to start playing. I wasn't really looking for shows. Yeah. And that was it, you know? That was right around when Alvin passed away, mm -hmm. you know, was that gig. I so, think he had died like a few days before the show or so something. So you, you had that going on, too. So you had a lot going on emotionally as well. So that yeah. must have added to the, the state of mind that you were in at that time for sure yeah you know i mean hard thing to fight through yeah well you're like trying to rectify so many sort of uh different levels of like where you're at in your life yeah. when shit like that's happening you know you're yeah. faced with your mortality and just you know it, it's this yeah it's like this uh, it's a total mind fuck you know what i mean because like you, you're like okay i'm moving on and my buddy's dying or dead and yeah. tonight i'm gonna go perform these songs that have him in them 
you know, like I'm writing this shit while he's dying the whole time and like my life and you So know. you mean the lyrics? Some of the lyrics are around um, Yeah, the yeah. lyrics are just, you know, whatever it is, essence of you know, essence I, of the moment and is that's in there. Stream of consciousness type deal. Like how do you Kinda, yeah. Yeah, yeah you know. I I mean like as far as methodology for like recording that shit. Yeah. You know, it was like often a instrumental has been born way before I sing on it. Yeah. And there's a catalog of writings that I always have. Just this catalog of writings. And many times, like especially the Holy War stuff, after I developed a sort of language of what this shit was going to be and I know who I am in it, yeah. I would like find some lyrics that kind of like felt like they belonged to the certain music, but like had never sang them over it and set up the mic and Michael record it and then I just read the lyrics off the page and sing them and then that's what the song is. That's crazy. So that's totally different than what you're used to, in to a, doing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because I'm not, you know, really shoehorning anything, you know. So yeah, I, it just became this thing where I'm just, I'm reading a page and like singing it and often while I'm reading it, I'm rewriting it I just sing it however. So there's some freestyle in there yeah. and you know, I just write the song as it's happening sort of thing. It's very gritty. I mean, I would say it's very street. It's very raw. Um, when, when you do the, the visual, the visuals are captivating too. how do you come up with the visuals for the show? I mean, that really adds a, another element, like a visually appealing element to the, to the show. You can't, it's captivating to see the, yeah. the projections. Yeah. I mean, I knew I couldn't go up there with, just me and a backing right. track so i knew that i also knew that whatever this new thing was it's not a band you know so at this point i'm trying to make it more of a uh comprehensive view of a statement you know it's like holy war was going to be films it was going to be music yeah it was going to be art pieces it was going to be clothing it's all these things you know it's like all all these sort of tentacles lead back to one sentiment you know mm. it's a collection you know like yeah. people do clothing collections or whatever that's <clears throat> what this is you know what i mean when they do a runway show for the clothing collection the stage is set you know it's there's a statement made by the entirety of the thing right you know these things were not designed to uh exist standalone even though many of them are strong enough to you know stand alone sure the hopes of it is that it culminates in this uh statement you know what i mean because the way it is is it's like kind of emotionally intelligent more than it is sort of like intellectual a lot of the stuff you know so you know uh having visuals to reference the emotion or whatever's being said in these songs then like we're actually uh delivering something really special to people you know what i mean and like people are like fuck okay i know what you're saying you know if they don't know what i'm saying it doesn't matter if i'm in a country where they don't speak that language when the visuals attached to it all of a sudden you know we're actually uh communicating i'm able to really communicate and like wrap my arms around someone with what i'm doing the deadbeats video is sick i love that video that was a fun one uh, that was really cool. 
you're like a sort of possessed skeleton yeah. kind of thing floating in the sky and the, yeah. the contrast of the white and the dark and the black is is really dope um we eat pussies like you for breakfast i love that line um people love the sound of a confession i mean the the lyrics are 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 really cool i mean i mean it's all true you yeah. know what i mean it's just like true shit you know it's like that's all anyone wants to hear anymore yeah you know what i mean it's like that's all anyone is like they're just pushing for someone to confess that they did it or that they're the guilty ones or you know what i mean that it's like seems that our culture revolves around like everyone waiting for the fall like you know? being persecuted yeah or just like you know they want to see someone be guilty of that thing they did you know because it makes them feel less fucked up about their lives you know i mean that's all social media is you yeah. know it's like people like you know spitting their fucking bullshit out onto the internet yeah you know what i mean for everyone to be like digest i'm i'm better than you or i'm worse than you i mean that's all it all is right is like either it makes you feel like you're better than someone yeah. or you're worse than someone rarely is it like i'm just like you yeah, you know yeah. what i mean which is weird because it's it ultimately weird. very divisive and it's supposed to bring people together but it does the opposite it does the opposite it's yeah. very divisive you know are you active on social media to use it what does that mean like yeah. do i have accounts yeah yeah, yeah. you know uh am i active not as much as i probably should be if i wanted to be successful on there um yeah because that other dimension too like as a musician nowadays it's like imperative as a tool to get your word out about your projects for sure but i mean are you like i I can't imagine like waking up and checking Facebook in the morning or something like that. I don't even look at Facebook at yeah, all. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm done. Uh, yeah. You know, maybe like twice a month I look at Facebook. Yeah. You know, just because I don't know. At a certain point, I was like, this shit's making me depressed. You know, it what does. I mean? It does. Yeah. It, it, and it also made me see people that I otherwise like in real life say some shitty things. Well, they they act they're not themselves on there there's some other shit yeah. you know they're this like weird sort of avatar of <laughs> themselves you know yeah. and and then they're saying these things that is like i'm getting secondhand embarrassment and also i'm hating this person i like yeah, you know? yeah. it's like this is not good for me dude it's, i can't be looking at this shit you know and all of them are the same yeah instagram's the same yeah it's all the same but you know uh yeah i'm i'm i've definitely filtered back my use of all of it yeah. that's why i don't really follow nobody on instagram because i don't i don't want to if i'll i'll find out what someone's up to through like you know interacting with yeah, them yeah. or someone will tell me or whatever right, you know what right. i mean like same with twitter it's like it's a shitty news feed you know what i mean that's it you <laughs> right know? definitely um yeah it's weird what people say in the comfort of their living room like you know in their boxers or something when they're you know they say some pretty outlandish shit that they wouldn't ever probably say to the person's face if they ever saw them. exactly yeah. you know or even the general sweeping it often strikes me the way someone talks to the world yeah. you know what i mean when they're not even like talking to someone specifically like not even getting into like internet fights <clears throat> but the way that they will like hello world <laughs> I have to say Here's something to you. Here's what I have you. to pontificate yeah, this like, morning. Everyone tell me what you think about this. <laughs> and it's like, fuck, dude. Like, yeah. this is nuts to me. You know, like, I don't even like talking on stage. That's always been weird to me. It's yeah. been like, I don't fucking know you and you don't know me. Right. So I'm just going to do this do what performance. I do. And like, 
if you like it, clap. You yeah. know what I mean? Like that's always kind of been a good enough relationship for me. Uh, you know, obviously people like to be talked to from the stage and all this shit, but you know, whatever, you yeah. know, everyone's got to do what feels comfortable to them. The internet is just like this way worse version of that to me. So it's just like, not only are you like talking from this platform, but it's like there now yeah. to be like, what did he mean? You know, it's yeah, just yeah. fucked up to me. The whole, th- I, I grew up before it. Yeah, man. You me know? too, largely. So yeah. you, so you know, it's like you, you've been alive through the transition of this yeah. and it really is a kind of strange predicament for someone who like had to learn to evolve with this. It's a weird thing. Do you think, um, in terms of bands and musicians and uh, creative people that it could be, a useful di like diy type tool you know what i mean yeah. like you could do it and it seems like a lot of the shit that goes viral is like stupid shit yeah but um almost you know, always yeah yeah I, I i think it's a good tool for people who are good at it yeah you know what i mean some people are really good at it and they're really like dialed in to that form of communication you know what i mean and like I've tried to use it in a way that I thought was artful that like totally just doesn't even work on the platform. You know, I'll like yeah. post like 20 pictures in a row that make a giant picture. And like all of a sudden I'm getting like told from people like, that's a bad idea, man. You know, like they're not going to, it's like, okay, I don't know. I don't know what this thing is, <laughs> you know, like, sorry. Um, and you mentioned the clothing line. The clothes are cool. Thanks. The clothes are really cool. I um, you should check it out. It's, it's so American Primitive is sep- separate from, or is that how does that? It's kind of just like, I guess it's just like a collective of us, like me okay. and Travis and Jacob and a couple of bands like Kathy's band, Great Sadness. You know, like people I've worked with, people he Travis works with, whatever. Travis's girl Ollie Problemas. Like all of us, kind of just have an umbrella to sort of be able to release things together yeah you know um yeah the, the i really like the uh there's a blue sweatshirt which the one? pink uh there's pink writing and then the old the uh, old english oh yeah in the back yeah that's dope there's some yeah there's some cool shit and we're like <clears throat> you know it's like again it's just like us doing it or you know so i'd love to devote more time to making clothes We'll see. You know what I mean? Cool. There's only so much time, right? We're still rolling, right? The screen went to sleep? Yeah. I just wanted to double check. My computer. <laughs> we'll stop recording. It just goes, oh. yeah. Yeah, This yeah. thing just goes. Um, is it good that the days of rock stars are numbered? Is that a good thing, or is that ultimately I mean, a sad thing? Like, as in the genre of rock? In the genre, because, I mean, who's who, I, I, they don't seem to be created to that level yeah i mean it's there's different people exalted to that status now you know some of them are musicians yeah but some of them are just like reality people and like it's just a different world so it's never you know even if it's mystique that drives a certain act that always seems to be some sort of concerted effort and decision at this point you know it's like very hard to feel like things are genuine you know and once things are exposed to a certain level, it's just like nearly impossible. Um, but as a genre, is it sad that rock is what it is? No, nothing fucking lasts. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, yeah. 
you know, uh, you know, people are not dressing like conquistadors and fucking, you know, <laughs> trying to like conquer foreign lands anymore. Cause right, we right. found all that shit. Right. You know what I mean? It's like, dude, it's been done. Shit is f- finite. Yeah. You know, that is the nature of our physical existence, you know? So like, yeah, everything kind of does have these beginnings and endings, but there's always other avenues to explore so you know whatever i don't i'm not gonna cry for something just because it's time is here and gone you know like that's the way this shit works the only thing constant is change in life exactly um what so mark lanigan did rat king intro how how did that come about or the the the, the reading of it yeah yeah the intro uh you know i wanted to have an intro to the record and I wanted to have collaborations on the record. There's actually a bunch of songs that aren't on the record that yeah. I did collaborations with people, you know, and like other artists singing on songs of mine. The Holy War songs is like 13 out of 50 songs I recorded. You know what Damn. I mean? So there's like this whole catalog of stuff that's just like gone or never will see the light of day or who knows, whatever. But I definitely wanted to do something with Mark. You know, I've always, you know, respected Mark and he's a just a good dude in general and his yeah. voice is like a special thing right mm-hmm. so you know he was coming over here to sing on a song one day i had sent him a beat and i was like can you write a thing and he sang on it and then after so he the end, wrote he wrote the lyrics to that or? well this was something else you uh-huh. know there was some other beat i had and Uh-oh. i was like can you write a like chorus or something and just like sing something he's like yeah man i'll come do it you know i'm like cool <laughs> you know so he comes yeah. over and he hits it and then before he leaves i'm like you know uh i wrote this other thing can you just read this real quick and like i had written it like when he was on his way here i was like fuck I need to write something for mm. this dude to say because I know I I know what I want it to be, but I didn't write it yet. Yeah, so yeah. I wrote it, and he showed up, and we did the thing, and I just put it in front of him, and he read it twice, and that was it. Cool. Yeah. And you did some shows with him. I did in uh, in Europe, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I ended up doing like fuck seven weeks with them in Europe. How is how is that? It's awesome. Yeah. It was one of the best trips I've been on. You know. Uh, yeah. It was the first time I really took the holy worship out on stage in a like super consecutive sort of like you know pattern and i brought my brother my little brother with me on the trip and uh you know that was one of the you know fringe benefits of being able to do this was like okay cool i don't have to have a band so i could just bring whoever with me Mm -hmm. someone i want to spend time with you know and so i brought my my brother and he was awesome he was so helpful and like you know i've since brought him on all the shows because he's just like kills it you know and uh it was it was amazing because i discovered on that trip what it was i was doing and why i was supposed to do it and uh you know i didn't really through all the years of being in a rock and roll band i never really understood like a lot of my heroes you know people that i really loved like prince bowie shit like this you know, people that were like these like monuments, right? I never really understood what made them what it was. And I think doing this kind of like helped me understand a little bit more what it meant to be, have to hold down uh, a stage by yourself, you know, and really uh, what that level of vulnerability means and uh, what you, how much you have to give over to that to make it work and to make it, uh, 
what you, you have a completely different relationship with the audience at that point you know it's just so intimate and like it's fucking bizarre are they getting it are they um like are they yeah blown away by the to varying degrees yeah, yeah, yeah everywhere from blown away to like people screaming at me call me a faggot you know what i mean yeah. from like all angles really it just seems like anything that's really groundbreaking or anything that's different people don't get until after the fact and then you know what i mean it was always going to take time with this yeah. you know what i mean and it's always kind of been like that but like with this, it was always going to take time. It was like, that's why the films, that's why these other things to kind of like hold, you know, the uh, participant's hand. Yeah, yeah. You know, because it was like, this shit's going to take time because, you know, it doesn't have genre to lean on so much. You know, it doesn't have, uh, you know... It's not something that they're familiar with, so they're going to... You know, yeah. I've always... They don't know what to box it or how to, to process it. Yeah, it's, you know, the reference points are going to be bizarre you know and they have been yeah. you know like uh ariel pink came over here one day and heard it and was like this shit sounds like beyonce or whatever you know what i mean and it's like <laughs> okay you know uh i mean but you know that's totally valid yeah but you know uh and everyone you know no matter where i went maybe because of what i look like they'll say you know my hair was a tribute to bowie because he had just died and i right. was like did my hair like his for the tour and for that whole time and you know, they'd be like, that rem reminded me of Bowie. And yeah. it's like, maybe, you know, but, you know, parts of it remind me of just like suicide or Kanye West or whatever. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah. like, whatever. Whatever you think it is, it is. Cool. You know? Um, is, is it Asleep at the Heel? Yeah. That uh, you're kind of floating around yeah. the city? Yeah. How was that shoot? It was awesome. Yeah. We what are you riding on? Back of a truck. A pickup <laughs> truck. Say. Yeah. 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 Actually, his out there, Michael. Oh, the, no shit. The motorcycle dude. Yeah. Like his pickup truck. I'm just standing on the back of it and we're driving through downtown. And that's dope. But you're kind of like just floating through it the was streets. Sick. You yeah. know, I like, I don't really enjoy shoots unless there is some sort of like element of danger. And almost yeah. everything we've done has that. Were you, you know, uh, like legitimate danger? How fast were you going? I jumped fast out of a car once and it and, didn't feel good. Yeah, fast, fast enough to fucking be seriously injured if yeah. I fucking fell out of it. That's yeah. for sure. You know, you know, but shit. But that's what like gives it something. You know, the rush of yeah, yeah and what you're actually experiencing when they're filming. You know, you're doing it. Yeah, you know what I mean. A green screen, it just wouldn't do that. It wouldn't do that. You can feel it when you watch it. You're yeah. like, this is happening. You know, and it and it's like you know those are the moments where you like transcend just like kind of trying to express a visual into like, this is happening. This is that we're capturing a moment. Where do you get an idea for like that or deadbeats to someone like, what's the initial that, thing? I don't know, man. I honestly don't know. Yeah. You know, uh, I'm not I, just like, let's grab I, a camera and let's like shoot some cool shit. Or do you Dead have an Beats idea? I didn't first? even have an idea like at all until the day before we did it yeah i was leaving for a tour the next day and i was like fuck i gotta put something together to release while we're there you know it would be a shame to be playing like we i was going to do this festival like guess who and it was like i'd really like to you know have something to like you know sort of support the event yeah yeah so yeah i don't know i woke up and i was like 
that's what we're doing. You know, I don't know. Yeah, it's like I wish I knew, you know. I, there's no, like, direct sort of uh, inspiration from anything sometimes, you know. It's just like, that's it. Okay, yep. And then, like, one idea, you know, it's like there's the, like, there's the seed. And then from there, it just... It just took off on its yeah, own. Yeah, that's it. You know, it just kind of builds itself. Because it, there's always, like, strict parameters for me you know i don't have access to a lot of shit so it's like cool i know what i can't do yeah i know whatever i want to do i'm only gonna have like three hours to do it so what can i do that's gonna like work are you editing the film no okay no i edit with a lot of work yeah yeah yeah. yeah. i mean there's no way i'd be fucking dead yeah uh jacob edits the films with me yeah um from the quote that I had mentioned in the beginning of the film, like to the people that are inspired by you and, you know, are, are trying to work on their art and you know, like what you had mentioned about just keep scraping and hustling and, and moving forward. Yeah. I mean, could you offer, like, could you say anything to those people that are listening that could maybe, um, I mean, I guess it's the fire's got to be in you to begin with. Yeah. So there's no, but, um, yeah, I any mean, any kind of like words of wisdom or, yeah, I mean, To me, the best thing, and, like, I get put in a position to give people advice a lot because, you know, I work with people on their records and stuff like that. And, you know, know, at a certain point, I'm a sounding board for them. And, you know, I got to say something that doesn't suck. So, like, the best thing that I can say, at least from my experience with myself, is to figure out your strengths and, like, go towards that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, go towards your strengths, and then, you know, you can take your the whimsical points that you wish you were and sort of, like, fold them into your strengths, but, like, really stand on your strengths. And that's the best you can do, I think. I yeah. think that's the best you can do is, like, really knowing yourself is, like, everything in art, you know? Because that's all it is you know all art is is like trying to express a point of view that no one else can so you have to really know yourself or else you're just kind of like uh you're 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 kind of interpreting somebody else's shit which is like what the fuck does that mean you know so it's like try to just know yourself and know yourself at that point in time you know it's like don't know yourself three years ago that doesn't matter anymore you know know yourself at this point in time and fucking you know let that be the fucking spark that like pushes you forward you know and it and it seems like too from some of the things you've done explore some areas maybe that are uh uncomfortable you know like you you were saying you know doing the scene with your ex in the you know in the diner or whatever yeah you know things like that but pushing yourself and maybe exploring things that are yeah that that a little hard to to look at yeah yeah i mean you know that's what i realized you know about like uh you know someone like prince or someone like bowie is like the vulnerability that it takes to expose yourself to people like that i think maybe without the film i never would have like been able to even get there you know because catharsis always came easy to me you know that was like an easy thing you know i was able to like do the public martyr execution shit you know that was like okay i can do that you know i can go on stage i can take a beating 
you know, and I can like let people see that, you know, and even that's like maybe too much for some people, but that always came natural. But the actual um, vulnerability of being real about your life to yourself, that's what it is. Yeah. Like actually being real about your life to yourself as much as you can be and having perspective on yourself in front of people. That's a very difficult thing that is hard on you. And, uh, but if you're able to do that, I think that that can be a, a rewarding, you know, art, artistic enterprise, I think is, is that. Hell yeah, man. That was, that was, uh, I think that's really deep. Yeah. And that's, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah. Um, what's next? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, you know, like always, I'm just trying to like survive and try to like be happy. Uh, right now I have a feature film script that's done that I would like to probably, I'm hoping to do this year. Um, are you going to shop it around? You're going to do it yourself. I'm doing it myself. I mean, cool. yeah, I, you know, shopping, I don't know what that even yeah, means. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm like never really existed within sim- yeah, systems yeah. that well. So like, you know, the further I go, the more it seems like, it, you know, the more I build myself, the better it is for the product. And just, yeah, you know, it's like cool, a pure vision to me, whether it fails or succeeds, uh, I definitely feel like it has more of a, more of a chance of success if I am able to keep the vision pure. Anytime yeah. I compromise that, you know, we're looking at uh, we're looking at a higher rate of failure, and that's just from my sort of like calculations of what I've seen in my life. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I'm gonna work on this film, and uh, I'm is working it, on new music. Is the film um, in the same genre, or is it like a yeah. horror movie? Do you write a it's, sci-fi script? Kind of it's like uh you know well what kind of genre is big trouble in little china uh maybe a thriller <laughs> exactly <laughs> thriller comedy right yeah. or something like that yeah. right well this one's not really a comedy but you know i was watching big trouble in little china the other night you know and i was like fuck no wonder my script's all fucked up. Like, this is one of my favorite movies. And if someone asked me what genre it is, I'd be like, I don't fucking know. An action thriller, yeah, kung yeah. fu, paranormal. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And I was like, fuck. Um, so, yeah. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> that genre. Nice. That one. All right. You that know? explains it. It's nothing like that movie, <laughs> but, you know, it's a kindred spirit in the sense that it's like, oh, shit. Like, kitchen sink but it's an awesome movie you know what i mean it works you know and hopefully the one i'm talking about does too you know sweet yeah and uh some new tunes yeah yeah i think so i think so you know you never know yeah maybe not you know <laughs> it's like i'm working on shit but i don't know you know like i never know i never know what's gonna happen i'm just i work on things but you know the weird thing is and why i say you never know is because I don't know what the indicators are, you know, like something might indicate me to just do some other shit, you know, and like, that's what it's going to be now, you yeah. know, like often I've been like, I don't want to do music anymore. Often. Do you feel like that often? And what happens if you take a break? Do you get depressed? Yeah, of course. Yeah. You know, yeah, that that's part of it. And, uh, 
you know, I'll always kind of make music, but I never, you know, often I'm like, I'm not really like trying to let people hear my music anymore or whatever, you know, I'll be yeah. like, I don't really care if anyone hears anything I sing ever again. And then th usually when I do that, that's right when someone like puts a fucking pile of money in front of me and is like, give it a shot though. And it's like, oh, fuck. Yeah. It's weird though, how the universe works like that when you're not going, you're not pushing towards something and you just kind of let it happen as it unfold you know yeah. naturally and then it you yeah that you know a door opens yeah it's weird yeah. it's fucked up yeah it's fucked up because like just don't plan on it because it doesn't matter you know what i mean it's like that's why that's why i say just like do the work you want to do because yeah. at the end of the day that's all you have anyways yeah. you know so like just do that of course you got to push towards something but you got to really like try to be able to read the indicators of what is like you know like you'll have these weeks where it's like fuck man no one's calling me back on the shit i want to fucking work on no it seems like nothing's moving what the fuck you know and then you gotta step back and look and then you're like oh, i'm tripping man like this dude this dude and this dude hit me up and i'm just like not talking to them because i'm thinking about I want to do this other thing. Yeah. And then you look at that and you're like, but that's fucking, a, why am I not looking at this? Mm -hmm. This is a cool opportunity or the, like whatever. And then you got to just kind of learn how to, or at least I do skate towards the doors that are opening, not the doors that are closing, you mm -hmm. know? And it's a hard thing to do if you're a control freak, you know? Are you, just curious, are you into, or do you believe in, like, the power of intention or any of that shit? Like, what you, or yeah. do you think that's a bunch of bullshit? Uh, I mean, everything's bullshit and none of it is, you mm. know? Like, I'm a very, you know, I'm weird with that shit. Because, like, I do feel like there's some uncanny man manifestations that have happened in my life that, like, are, you know, I don't know. You know, I don't fucking know, but I know this, I know that kind of setting intentions towards things can't hurt, you yeah. know what I mean? As long as you don't let them hurt you, yeah, yeah. you know, it's like, don't have an intention that like, once it starts hurting you, like maybe loosen up on that one, Yeah, you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? And try to like, be like, okay, maybe that, maybe I'm tripping because there's always some other shit that's just as fulfilling yeah. or another way to get there. You know what I mean? So like, yeah, I do kind of, I do kind of like feel that manifestation can be a healthy thing, but I think it has to be in a sort of abstract flow state sort of way, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I you think know? it does, man. It's hard to, you can't push, keep pushing towards something. It doesn't feel right. And you feel like, you know, just, it, it, you kind of manifest the, the negativity in your body, almost in your mindset. But if you kind of let loose sometimes, and like you said, like keep your eyes open to other things that are happening you know there's always yeah. something else that's happening you know what i mean there's always that's the thing is we blind ourselves to like possibilities because it doesn't fit into like whatever fucking uh sort of like projected outcome that we you know a lot a lot of people especially if you work on your own and you're like your own you set your own destiny we like see these paths that we sort of visualize that are like these best case scenarios and that's how it should fucking happen, you know? And you become very sort of, you know, or I do, 
you become romantically attached to this sort of like, well, that of course that's how it would happen. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not how it fucking happens. You mm-hmm. know, that's not how it's going to happen. Sometimes it does. Yeah. And that only reinforces that kind of thinking, which is fucked up. Cause like, sometimes <laughs> it's like, yep, that's how I planned yeah. it, bitch. Yeah. Check me out. You know what I mean? Like I made fucking destiny, my bitch again, <laughs> you know? And that's like some shit, but that's not how it works most of the time yeah. or like half of the time right. or whatever. You have to be like kind of open to being like, I need to change right now. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, that's what happens. And then that change is like the best thing that ever happened to you. You know? It's crazy. Man, this was great talk. I, I, so glad to talk with you. And thank you for yeah. the time. Was there anything you wanted to talk about that I didn't ask you that we didn't talk about? No, I'm good. Yeah. 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 I'm all good. This was awesome, man. Thanks for having me at the studio, too. You got uh, it. The studio is dope. Yeah. And, um, I love, you know, checking it out. It's, it's a pleasure to be here. Honored cool, to be man. here, man. Thanks so, for coming. Yeah, thank you so much. Boom. Thanks, man. Yeah.